Guy is brought to you by Audible. Go to paulthebookguy.com slash audible and get a free book just for signing up for a free trial. And we're back for another week of books, audiobooks, audio dramas, and podcasts. How's it going, boys? Not too bad. Hey, can we move this to the beach next week? I'm tired of climbing up Book Mountain. Yeah, it's getting cold. <laughs> I want to go to Book Beach next week. Cold and getting rainy. cold in Toronto, rainy. Canada. Not like and it. Yeah, it's it's time to move to the beach, boys. My name is Paul Elvis, and with me, as always, are... Chris Jager. Greg Ott. So, uh, last week, you mentioned having a, uh, ditched your burrow yes, for your new yes. Android. I, uh, I traded in my uh, Biblio Burro. Uh, for the Android tablet that I'm going to start carting around my books in. Which um, resulted in me, uh, when doing the podcast art, I looked for a book bureau. I loved I love the podcast art. I love the uh, the, cr- the the cookie at the end too. <laughs> that was nice. I found I found uh, this 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 picture, and then I actually did another Google search, and this is an actual Biblio bureau. Um, this guy's name is Louis Soriano, and he's a Colombian, and him and his wife run a traveling library with two burros. Uh, the donkey's <laughs> names are Alpha and Beto. So the, the Spanish names for Alpha and, and Beta, so Alphabet, right? Uh, and he travels around this uh, small farming community, and the only way these kids ever get a book to read is because uh, Lewis and his uh, wife do this out of the kindness of their heart. They get their Dr. Zeus off, <laughs> Zeus off a smelly donkey. Wow. This guy is a real book guy. Like, you know, That's I'm ashamed awesome. to call yeah. us book guys. This is a book guy. And him and his wife are building a uh, library with their bare hands and their own money for the children of the town. So, that, uh, you know, I, I salute you, Louis Soriano, the, uh, the actual Biblio Burrow. And that's the, the the handsome gentleman on our. Uh, we got to give like a Paul the Book Guy show like gold medal award, and, and should. there there should be our first award right there. Absolutely, uh, we'll, we'll make something up and we'll, uh, we'll award make him it the, to the uh, first winner. <laughs> <laughs> now, now because you don't have the burrow anymore to carry your books, uh, the reason is because you got the Android yeah yeah. I'm tablet. showing up with the Android tablet. How's now. that going? Uh, I got to tell you, um, you get something from Apple, you pull it out of the box. Sure, you know, you can't really modify it too much, and it only does exactly what Apple will let you do with it. Well. But, but man, it works. Yeah. Uh, this thing became unstable on me shortly after last episode and crashed on me several times. This thing oh. is endlessly moddable, endlessly, uh, right. you know, uh, fixable. Uh, but boy, I, I know how to flash a uh, flash memory, install custom ROMs now. I'm like, inside, it took hours, though. <laughs> So you're now an Android expert. But I'm now an Android tablet expert. Well, that's good. Maybe you can uh, help with the new Android tablets that are coming out from Toronto-based Kobo. Toronto-based Kobo is issuing a Android-based tablet? Toronto-based Kobo is... Are we, uh, we going to go right, right, right into, into book it. news? I'm, that, that was, okay, I'm we're jumping gonna, the set list, let's, but... Let's do it. Book news. Co- Toronto-based company Kobo Incorporated has announced that they're coming out with a... An e-reader, an right. e-tablet, okay. similar to the uh, to compete with Amazon's the, the Fire, Amazon for the Amazon uh, Kindle Fire. Which, by uh, the way, I'm eating my words because they're I'm not, I'm selling. Not. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll get to that in a second, but uh, it's going to be similarly featured and similarly uh, similarly specked out as the uh, the Kobo. The sorry, the Android Fire. Okay. Uh, should they haven't released a, a release date? But uh, that's going to be yeah, now. This kind of makes it makes sense because remember last week they announced that they were going to start selling Kobo book readers, 
right. in the States. Right. So now by allowing those book readers into the States, they're also now going to have a distribution deal for the Kobo Vox. Do you have any, do you have any specs on this thing just by no, chance? They no, they haven't released okay. any specs No, yet, specs. no is, is this as similar. hackable as the Android tablet? We will find out when we'll, the specs come we'll out, We'll find out. But okay. have, have we discovered that this is something we want to do? Is hacking your tablet something that every you would recommend to people? Uh, hacking your tablet is not something your grandmother can do. We're um, not, not going to hack the Kobo. The, yeah, grandma shouldn't be hooked. We shouldn't hacking be hacking, hacking nook. Granny's Nook. <laughs> hacking Granny's Nook, that's right. That's what we said. All right. And, however, however, uh, speaking for myself, I have never used, I, I'm also a Mac computer user, I have never used a terminal window in my life, but... Um, following step-by-step instructions, I did have to... <laughs> the only one I use on my Mac is uptime. That's the only thing I know how to type in the terminal. To be hey, so, I mean, I've, I actually, you know, unzipped and then flashed a, uh, a ROM uh, onto a, uh, a zip, uh, an expandable card. So, so that, you're uh, like a geek athlete now. As far as this Android thing goes, I'm, I'm feeling pretty solid. Uh, and I also wanted to bring up, um, the Fire's coming out for around 200 bucks, right? This uh, LibreVox... Or Vox. Vox. Well, it's taken from the phrase Vox Populi. Vox Populi. Right? Okay, so is that going to come in around 200 bucks? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's, that was the other thing. It's, a, it's also going to be a sub 400, so it's going to be $199. Okay, so has this flown completely under the radar that Lenovo is leasing a t- releasing a $200 tablet uh, that has expandable memory, um, like a, a fairly decent processor? No one's talking about this. I don't know how this has not hit the news. Well, I chose the Kobo for the for the news here because Kobo is an e, typically an e-reader, you know. Absolutely, similar there's to no the Kindle. Reason why a, a Lenovo tablet out of the box can't have you know Kindle, can't have Amazon, can't have Stanza, can't have you know anything else. Right, right. So any and this is and a, do email and you know give access to the Android. I think it's going to be actually an Android operating system. Right. Are we doing? Predictions? Because I'm still, even though I, I like the Kobo, I like the Kobo Corporation, and I think they did a smart thing by releasing the e-reader in the States before they released their, their uh, Kindle or even iPad competitor. Right. Whereas I said the, the Amazon one was going to be an unmitigated success. Right. 95,000 orders in the first day. And I'm 20, not calling that unmitigated success. And 20,000 orders per day. Um, Which is I'm, 2% of the iPhone 4S sales currently. That's still fine. Still, unmit- that's still an unmitigated. In your book, that's still unmitigated. I'm all. still saying, I'm still calling that an unmitigated success. So, uh, unmitigated success. Unmitigated success. I, I, period. my only question is, why is this Lenovo tablet going unrecognized when the Fire and this Vox thing are just you know flying okay. off? Oh, I remember roof. unmitigated success for that one because it's Amazon. Because it's and, Amazon. And right. it's dismal failure for everybody else because they're not. Right. There you go. Well, Kobo, Amazon, Lenovo. like Apple, has all the movies, the right. books. That's it. It's the content that goes on it. So Nook, Vox, Lenovo, I don't care. They're not, they don't have it. They, right. could, they could give them away in cereal boxes. They're still not going to get By the By the way, share. I did try and um, download the Android market. Sorry, the Amazon Android market. Right. Not available in Canada. Oh, Thank you very much, and, uh, Amazon. Oh, the, the, the Fire is not available in Canada either. Right. Yeah, so thanks. Now, well, Thank you, Amazon. Amazon has one advantage, which is I can load the Amazon app on my iPad and I can buy stuff on Amazon.com and have it show up in my iPad, at least books. Uh, I don't know. There's no video player or, or yet. Right, because music player. Yeah, they don't have the, the... But there's no equivalent of iTunes or Apple app on the Amazon player. So that that's one thing where Amazon can creep onto the iPad, but iPad music, movies, and books can't creep onto totally the Amazon. Yeah. So if anyone's more 
flexible. Flexible. It's, yeah. yeah, it's Amazon. They have a chance. So they don't mind putting their app on the on the yeah. iPad. Like, hey, who cares? Let Apple sell all they it. Do is, a bajillion of them. All they got to do is undercut uh, iTunes price a little bit, and they'll yeah. get they'll get they'll bleed revenue off of Apple. Speaking of Apple, the um, just just for those out there who are interested, of course, to get in line, the Steve Jobs biography is coming out this Monday. I, I'm seriously considering like getting it first day. It's like I can't remember the last book that I lined up for, but I, and I, this so. book seems almost like a like a Steve Jobs product because. There's the, been no previews of it. They, no, I guess they're, yeah. they're rushing to print. Yeah, the uh, the the biographer got 40 uh, exclusive interviews with him, and apparently there was nothing that was off limits. Right. So it's, okay. It's, it, it's been touted as probably the most open project that Steve Jobs has ever. This is uh, one of the items to. on his on his bucket list, which was yeah. uh, to uh, he wanted to do this book so that his kids would get to know him better. In particular, apparently they got uh, an interview. He got an interview with him just days before he passed away. So right. I heard uh, Steve Jobs refused life-saving surgery. Yeah, and that those, just came out. Those oh, details are going to be extrapolated in the uh, in the autobiography. So that's, well, I'm sure I'm going to read it. Uh, I'm definitely going to read it. We'll take a look at it when when it comes out, and we'll. Uh, okay, well, you two can tag team that one in a couple weeks, maybe. Oh, yeah. I'll I'll, yeah. I'll read the even pages and you can be uh, read the odd pages. Perfect. Books on film and television, uh, folks. If you're wondering why we're a little bit more gigglier this week, as uh, we have a live studio audience and uh, they're they're making I us laugh. I like better when I sang it. All right. <laughs> well, go ahead. Sing it if you Books want. Books on film and television. Jeff Smith, if you want to reach him, it's uh, Greg the Book Guy on Twitter. Yeah, I don't know. For all your jingle needs. I don't know if that's going to work out. <laughs> we were talking uh, about Akira, the the um, Japanese manga that was uh, done into a cartoon many years ago. Right. It was like uh, 88 or something that came out. And that's been, uh, a, it, it has actually got the green light for a live action version. That's going to be really cool. I, I'm, I'm really excited about that because I like the first one. Right. And uh, I, I didn't read the book. I watched the movie, and I think it could be, be a really good uh, live-action one. Quick synopsis of the oh, Akira is? post-apocalyptic world, uh, Japanese punk-style motorcyclist. Young heroine yeah. cyclist, is this it's, a... It's, it's out there. It's, it's really, and it just gets bizarre at the end. Is it like, like a swashbuckler? Is it a... Uh, okay. Yeah, it's... And it's, it no, cool. not swashbuckler, but more like... Uh, Go it would ahead. be cool if they had the anime eyes. Oh yeah, if they could just CG, <laughs> some CGI CG them, the yeah. big eyes in. <laughs> yeah, CG them all with no in. pupils. Be... <laughs> <laughs> those, those, big, those big brown. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. Okay, Swamplandia by Karen Russell has been picked up by HBO. Uh, okay, a, you know what? I, I was my, I was tilting my head and going, eh, that sounds weird." It was slow. Then as soon as he said HBO. I'm like, okay, I'm in. What is it? I got to say the same thing, Paul. The same thing went off. The same light bulb went off. If if HBO's into it. Okay. HBO can't make bad television. They're on a roll right now. It's basically a comedy about a 12-year-old alligator wrestler who's searching for... uh, She's going through the Florida wilderness searching for her lost sister. That sounds awesome. I don't know how you make it episodic, but... How do you um, make that whole, like, season of TV out of that? But I'm sure HBO can. That's a fantastic metaphor for something. Alligator wrestling. Alligator wrestling... Who knew? Well, I mean, it's like that whole Discovery Channel thing with all the, the alligator <laughs> junkies and. <laughs> Discovery I'm, Channel I was is making a small industry out of uh, like vermin hunting and. Just a quick tie-in. I was watching a Steve Jobs. Uh, what was it? Adam, alligator wrestling? No, oh, that would have been awesome. Adam and Adam, uh, the guys who do um, the, 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 the Mythbusters. Mythbusters. They, uh, yes. they did a. 
a tribute to Steve Jobs, and I was watching that on TV oh, last night. That's right; those two guys hosted that, and didn't they? it was it was really touching. But it, the commercials, I was blown away by some of the shows that they they have on Discovery Channel. It was just nuts. So I was like, "What? They show that? That's craziness." So, anyways, Dave Katzenberg and Seth Graham Smith are going to be uh, have picked up um, a novel called Necropolis. Nice by Doug Durst. Um, this is about a small town that has a disproportionately large amount of people buried. Like the town's like 16... City of the yeah, so, dead. So what's Seth Graham Smith's involvement in it? That he's producing it? Yeah, he's producing it. Okay, because he's the writer of uh, the Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Really? I guess maybe goodies. maybe he's doing the screenplay then. Oh, excellent. I, Brilliant. I'm just, Brilliant. It's uh, Katzenberg and Seth Graham Smith, our partner's... They're, they've actually got a new production. Oh, it's called Catsmith Productions. So there you go. And, and you know, one, one of our uh, studio audience today, Mr. Uh, Terry O'Hara, has just offered... Faithful fan. I've and just today, been passed a note, and he's, he's such an... He didn't even want to interrupt us. He just said he has a, uh, a giveaway copy, for us. because you were on topic, a copy of the Mythbusters board game to give away. So uh, if you're on Twitter... You can uh, tweet to either Chris the Book Guy, Greg the Book Guy, or Paul the Book Guy. You have to and tweet Terry Rocks. Ter- tweet, exactly. Terry tweet, Toys. Terry Toys. Terry Toys is the best, or Terry Toys is great. Yeah, something with uh, Terry Toys. Something like that. We're going to pick one at random, and we'll, send, we'll mail you uh, the, the Mythbusters uh, board game. Oh, that's fantastic. Thank you, Terry. It's very nice of you. That's a really cool prize. <laughs> can, we, can we get back to Yeah, we got to get back. Okay, so, sorry about that. So, yeah. no, it's, it's cool. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> And uh, I'll clap my hands beside the microphone some more. 1,600 people in this town, but like 1.5 million people in the cemeteries. Okay. So then it, it follows a detective who starts to discover some paranormal activity. And it's really cool, apparently, because it deals with the paranormal a- aspect of it, but also in sort of a um, following correct police procedure. Okay. Oh, a CSI of the dead. CSI of the dead. Yeah, kind of like that. <laughs> so is he taking like statements from ghosts and that kind of thing? I I didn't read it. It looks really interesting. That's why I picked it out of it's all HBO. the HBO. What are we going to hey, You know what? Yeah. With Seth Graham Smith attached, uh, HBO right there, I'm in. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's good for everything. And so far, it's all We just it's all can't seem good. to get enough of the police procedurals, though, huh? <laughs> police procedure. Well, I'm, I'm still stuck on Castle. I mean, I'm just loving it. Just loving it. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick up the novels, too. Excellent. And we pick up those Nicky Steele novels. Uh, Entertainment Weekly has a preview of The Dark Knight issue two. That's the re-release in the DC Comics franchises. And uh, again, looks really cool. Bane is, is not Bane, sorry, uh, Two-Face. Wow. He's got muscles in places I don't have places. Okay. It's crazy. So like Two-Face is a big Two-Face guy? Now, Two-Face now became this like massive, monstrous gargantuan of a person and, and and really vicious and knocking the crap out of uh, the Dark Knight and Interesting. From, from what you can see there you can go to Entertainment Weekly and uh, see uh, five or six pages of that I love the art and uh, it's darker it's definitely uh, not appropriate for kids anymore like this isn't the kind of thing you want your 10 year old to be watching reading anymore but better there you go. And we That's have cool. a new uh, comic book section on paulthebookguy.com. So yes. we kind of separated it off. Like not not like the, you know the, uh, the the stepchild that you, you know, back into the closet, but no. the, uh, the kids uh, section. Ooh. <laughs> are we just hiding it from Chris or are we just doing this because, <laughs> <laughs> because he hate. I don't hate comic books. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, what? I'm going to clip that out and, and have that as a jingle <laughs> jingle box. Jingle box. <laughs> <laughs> Next time you're bitching <laughs> on comic books. <laughs> Uh, that's all I got for uh, books and film and television this week. And there you go. 
and I guess the rest of the news this week uh, would be the Booker Prize. Yes, Booker I know Prize. you've got a bunch on this. I have a short clip that I, I took from uh, that basically shows you that winning the Booker Prize is not necessarily the most important thing. London, England is the last place Patrick DeWitt expected to be this week. He had no idea his publisher had entered his novel, The Sisters Brothers, for the Man Booker Prize. I guess I've, uh, I thought it was maybe for a different type of book, the big prizes, you know. I thought that my, I always thought of my work as sort of a little bit more under the radar, I suppose. DeWitt's book is about two brothers, Charlie and Eli Sisters. They're hired killers in 1851 during the California gold rush. It's violent, gory, and surprisingly funny. Eli is my name, but you were the bigger one, the huskier of the two. I thought I could hear Morris laughing. I am husky, I said. I don't mean it unfavorably. I myself have a problem pushing away from the table. Just a bit early for A you. high school dropout from Vancouver Island, now living in Oregon, DeWitt is refreshingly laid back about being among the final six for one of the most famous literature prizes in the world. There's another Canadian on the Man Booker shortlist. Essie Dugin was born in Edmonton and lives in Victoria. We caught up with her between interviews with the British media. It's been very exciting and very hectic and really lovely, and I just feel like I have, uh, I have an embarrassment of riches. Adujan's book, Half-Blood Blues, follows a group of mixed-race jazz musicians in 1940s Nazi Berlin. I got to thinking how small we come to be these last months, me and Chip. Even two years ago, we liked to holler through these damn streets like we on parade. Now we slunk in the shadows, squeamish of the light. To have this kind of reaction or response uh, to it already has been amazing. And yeah, so I'm not too worried about winning or losing or whatever. I, I feel I've already won. Whatever happens tomorrow night, being shortlisted for the Man Booker is a prize in itself. Adujan and DeWitt have reached new readers and sold thousands of books. Anne McMillan, CBC News, London. Look at that. And uh, this week, uh, I think after this piece, I'm talking about uh, S.C. Adugin and uh, Half-Blood Blues. So this is the, the two books that I did read. Um, from I, I read them because they were nominated both on the Giller and on the Man Booker. So uh, the Giller is going to be awarded in August, sorry, November 8th. Um, yeah, the old story, right? A, it's just an honor to be nominated. Uh, but it sucks to lose out on, what is it? I think it's 57,000 pounds. Right. That's, you know, that ain't chump change. Uh, but, the, but still, I mean, just being nominated, you're going to sell you yeah, 100,000 books. And every, every bookstore no, that true. I've been to has a, has a Booker Prize uh, section display. now. So, yeah, yeah, display. So they're, and prominently. Yeah, prominently I know. Displayed. It gets front, front of the store, definitely. And they get, um, each book gets a, uh, a Booker Prize cover edition Right. So, so they get, yeah, I guess they would. They get to put the foil stamp I, on I would almost say winning on. is the icing on the cake, but nomination is, wow, it's what an honor. So, uh, I'll, you, can, you can clap your hands next to I can mic, clap my hands. And, and I'll bang my, uh, my microphone we'll, we'll, uh, cable we'll a little do bit. do a whole little... Uh, so the actual winner, who we have not discussed yet, uh, it was Julian Barnes. Uh, and his novel was... Bah, 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 I should have this more... Uh, a sense of an ending. So, well, congratulations, congratulations to him. We'll Julian. send him a framed uh, poster of Kaganogamy, Ontario. He's a, a framed <laughs> Kaganomini. <laughs> You're paying the postage for this one. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, yeah, a longtime author. He's uh, actually been nominated several times. Uh, this is the first time that he's won his first nomination going back to like 1984. 
so uh, a long career as, uh, as an English language author. Uh, I won't get into the book here because I'm planning actually on reading it myself and bringing it for a future episode. Nice. Perfect. So congratulations to you. You seem to be crawling your way through this entire uh, list. Man, it's, um, I'm enjoying the books that I have read off the list, uh, but it's tougher reading than science fiction. I'll tell you that much. (laughs) You're definitely not reading fluff. You're not, you're not in the world. I think you'd be surprised. You know, like the, like the, the sisters brothers, I would recommend for either of you guys. I mean, I, I don't think that they were, that that was I didn't I think I said early on I don't think it's going to win either prize but it was a it was a great read short easy fun um, just very very engaging and I'd say the same thing about Half Blood Blues uh, I might as well just carry right on into Half Blood Blues uh, I don't know you guys jazz fans at all somewhat I had, I had a phase yeah. okay you had a phase okay in a prior life I he was experimented actually, in college I, I was <laughs> I was a jazz I DJ in university I had a show a jazz DJ I nice. was I had a show on Sweet college on. community radio right on. things you learn. Yeah, things you learn. So I am a jazz fan. This book is about jazz. It's about uh, a group of musicians in 1940s Berlin. So on the eve of the war, uh, these these are all black and Jewish musicians who are you know fearing for their lives uh, underneath uh, the Nazis. Um, I don't know. Uh, it r- reminded me very much. Uh, Woody Allen did a, did a movie a few years ago uh, called uh, The Sweet Lowdown, The Sweden Lowdown, and it was a uh, a movie about a mysterious, mythical guitar player who's supposed to be better than Django Reinhardt, and there's only ever one recording of his that survived. And like the the legendary stat- status and nature of this uh, guitarist sort of was what the film was about. And historians were trying to piece together this guy's life and career. And uh, it, it made for a funny, touching movie. It's it, the same type of themes explored uh, in this book. Uh, these guys come from. And they're playing music in 1940s uh, Berlin. Um, they're playing on, they're, they're making vinyl records. There's no reel-to-reel tapes. They're recording directly to an aluminum plate. Uh, oh, they're, nice. they're using, oh, just like the, the discussion about how they're actually cutting the music, you know, the, the clubs that they're playing in, the technology that they're using, uh, the, 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 the sense of oppression that these guys are living under. Uh, it's the sense of the book is foreboding and dark and, and weird and complex and legendary. You just get the sense that there's this one horn player uh, who is going to be, uh, he's supposed to be as good as Louis Armstrong. Uh, so Louis Armstrong at this point in 1940s, sort of at the end of his career, he's actually living in Paris and makes an appearance in the book. Oh, wow. uh, part of the book's uh, story is these, these guys escape from Germany uh, and they go to, to record with, they're supposed to go record with Louis Armstrong. So it's uh, sort of historical fiction. Um, the, it's written in first person, uh, which is a unique way to sort of do, tell do the you book. Really, do you have to be a musician to appreciate it, or is that just part of the tale? You know what? I mean, what the, the biggest difficulty for me with this book was it's written in a, it's written from the first person perspective, and it's written in a slang, in a. Uh, okay, so there's a lot of like musician jargon type. It's like American. So the the two of the musicians are from Baltimore who moved to Berlin, you know, because that's where the the avant garde jazz was being played, and they met up with a, you know some Jewish musicians and this this German horn player who's legendary. Uh, and they are talking, the book is narrated in this Baltimore, this 30s Baltimore slang, which is fun and riveting. I'm going to try a cold read here. Um, oh. we, we, we might have to cut this out, uh, but it'll, I'm hoping it'll give you a flavor. Can I give, can I give you an intro? Just now, ladies and gentlemen, former jazz <laughs> DJ Chris Jager with his cold rendition 
I'm, I'm reading straight off the page. It's, this is something we may have to cut. So I hope we got a clean edit point here, Paul. There will be no cutting. Uh, so this is um, the the legendary or the the, the soon to be legendary young horn player who's supposed to rival uh, Louis Armstrong. The the author, the through the the narrator is giving a description of of his playing. So as read by Chris Jagger. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Former jazz DJ. <laughs> next, oh, yeah. Next you on, will listen to the smooth sound. Next on PBS, <laughs> we'll have a reading just, of... <laughs> just go. <laughs> I hope there's some clean edit points in there. Okay. The kid, Hell, he made it muddy. Passing his notes not only overseas, but through soil, too. Sounded rich, which might have been fine for an older gate, but it felt fake from him. The slow dialogue between him and us had a sort of preacher choir feel to it. But there was, wasn't no grace. He was the voice of a country preacher, too green to convince the flock. He talked against us like begging us to listen. He wailed, he moaned, he pleaded, and he seethed. He dragged every damn feeling out of that trumpet but hate. A sort of naked, pathetic way of playing, like he'd done flipped the whole thing inside out on its nerves, flailing in the air. He bent the notes, slurring them in a way that made us play harder against him. And the more we disagreed, the stronger he pleaded. But his pleading ain't never asked for nothing. It just seemed to be there for its own damn sake. In a weird way, he sounded both old and like he was touching the trumpet for the very first time. I hated it. It felt so damn false, so showy. I kept my face lowered out of the footlights. We came to a slow stop, the music breaking apart. So that was the uh, description of a, of a recording session that they're doing in the basement of an abandoned club in Berlin. And they're attempting to uh, record uh, a groundbreaking legendary sound, legendary awesome. sounding record. So and that gives a feel for the entire book is written in that patois. So the 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 plot of the book is about um, the relationship of the band, uh, this this legendary player who disappears into a concentration camp, and the relationship of the bass player and the drummer, um, <laughs> uh, who okay. stay who remain friends through their entire lives. They meet as kids in Baltimore, and then they they play together. And the the drummer is this super mischievous uh, character, very street smart very cunning he's you never know what to believe you know what comes out of his mouth and then the bass player is this dead earnest guy who's just you know the heart of the rhythm section and the the drummer basically betrays the bass player and uh the book starts out with this um, mysterious letter that arrives from poland apparently the legendary horn player didn't die in a concentration camp like everybody believes and like the legend grew so these two go on a mission um, they go to a, a festival in Europe that's celebrating this supposedly dead legendary musician, and they they abandon the festival and try and go find him in Poland. It was it's a lot of fun. Well, a lot of fun. Sounds like there a fun go. journey. Yep. And we're about at the halfway mark where we usually take our break, and uh, Greg's got to go. I got to go. I'm sorry. Not a problem. We'll see you next week. All and, right. Uh, no worries. Buy the zombie one. slippers and uh, everything will be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, we, constant we will- readers. I, I contributed my stuff, and I got it. We go. will definitely uh, speak about the zombie sli- slippers. Zombie well. slippers. <laughs> Take care, Greg. See you next week. All right, love you, bye. Well, hey there, Phil. What do you say, Frankie? Say, Phil, you like movies, don't you? What are you, some kind of wise guy? What kind of palooka don't like movies? Well, have I got a podcast for you. Yeah? Yeah. It's called Seventh Row Center, see? It's hosted by a guy named Alex the Movie Guy. He talks about movies, the movie-going experience, and like that, see? Say, this character ain't one of them critics, is he? Oh, no. He's a regular Joe, like me and you. He just loves movies, that's all. Well, what do you know? Say, where can I find 7th Row Center? Oh, that's easy. Just go to 7thRowCenter.com. Well, what do you know? Say, Frank. Yeah, Phil? What's a podcast? 
SeventhRowCenter.com. Hey, this is Jeff Smith, the guy who does all the jingles from TheJeffSmith.com, and you're listening to Paul the Book Guy. And we're back, just the two of us. <laughs> Unfortunately, yes. Uh, Greg we can had to do make it, an Chris. early exit from Book Beach. <laughs> we can do it. Uh, I just want to tell folks about some upcoming guests we have. Next week on Paul the Book Guy, we have Brigadier General Bigelow from the Canadian Armed Forces. going to talk to us all about the Operation Santa Claus project. Uh, we'll have him live on the show. Is there uh, books involved with uh, Operation Santa Claus? There, there is. Uh, actually, books is one of the donations they ask for that uh, you can actually donate to our... Canadian troops uh, who are in theater. And I got to say, I was surprised, Chris, when I saw the Operation Santa Claus website, I didn't realize how many operations we have going on. <laughs> you know, I was expecting like three dots on the map. They're everywhere. I got to check this out. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll send you a clip to that. Uh, actually, I'm going post, yeah, uh, post to post a link in the show notes, yep. as usual. Uh, and we also have Ron Barak, uh, American author of A Season for Redemption, is going to be on the show. And very topical novel. Uh, it's a novel that's been out for a while, but it uh, it's it's kind of a murder mystery, uh, political intrigue, like almost like a Tom Clancy type thing. You know, there's someone's been killed and the politics are involved. Uh, but uh, it's the motivation behind the killing, which is the uh, the recent uh, decline, we'll say. I won't say fall, but the <laughs> the uh, heading downhill of the economy in the United States. The and, imminent uh, fall. Yes, the, the, the whole bank thing and uh, the, the financial thing. That's the... Uh, uh, motivation behind the murder in the book, and I, I'll talk about the book next week when uh, when Ron's on the show. Excellent. And uh, haven't locked down a date yet, but uh, the one and only Jeff Smith is uh, going to be on the show as well. And for those of you who aren't familiar with Jeff Smith, he is the uh, recording artist uh, who uh, not only does the Paul the Book Guy theme, but has a lot of his own great music. Uh, I'm actually going to post some links to some of his mu- uh, music, which you can buy on iTunes in the show notes as well. And I have a little exclusive here. Uh, I'm pretty sure uh, that uh, he went to sleep last night. So this is the last thing that Jeff Smith, uh, the latest Jeff Smith creation. Uh, This is for a podcast we've had sort of working in the background for a while. It's been in pre-production. We're still waiting on one final piece to come together. But uh, here is the clip. So that's the theme song from the upcoming Wheel of Topics. Uh, we'll have more info for you that in our podcast section. You're actually going to try and float that one, Paul. We're going to try and float it. <laughs> it looks like the emergency broadcast system has some legs. Uh, he's also made us a new uh, original theme song for that. I was just going to say, I'd rather have a, a new theme song for the emergency broadcast system. <laughs> we, we do have we have two new ones, actually. I'll play them for Excellent. you later. Excellent. Um, and uh, Jeff Smith will be on the show. Great stuff. Think Geek, item of the week from thinkgeek.com. One of the great ways you can support the show is by going to paulthebookguy.com slash thinkgeek. Click on the link there and uh, whenever you purchase something from Think Geek, we get a small portion of the, the sale and it's a great way of helping us out. Uh, 
folks, we're not buying gold-plated shark tanks at this point. You know, <laughs> we're not asking. We're not asking for gold-plated shark tanks. I, I'm just hoping that uh, that Chris and Greg don't start uh, occupy Paul the Book Guy anytime soon because my one percent, whatever it is, it's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so uh, these are all items uh, from thinkgeek.com. We have exclusive deals sometimes, uh, little coupons at paulthebookguy.com slash thinkgeek. And uh, it's a place we order from. And uh, one of the items, uh, this is Greg's pick for the week, is the zombie slippers. Uh, they basically look like um, two little zombie heads that you've stuck your you stick your into. foot in the mouth. <laughs> but <laughs> it's an interesting one if, uh, you know, for a sense of humor. Uh, for someone with a sense of humor to walk around with those slippers. But I, I'm going to give you my pick because uh, recently I, uh, I pulled out of the hat for Chris Kringle and I hope she's not listening. <laughs> that could be a problem, Paul. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she's not listening. Uh, they have some bibs um, for, for uh, infants. These are really cool. And uh, the illuminated jet bib feeding system is the one you want. You just look up illuminated jet bib. It's only Does 14. Does this involve a turbine engine? It is so cool. So the little bib that the kid wears has a runway painted on it, and, the, and there's little lights. So the lights blink. Here comes in, the in airplane. Order. Here comes the airplane. Zzz, and of they, they'll even, they even give you the spoon, which is an airplane. Awesome. <laughs> and right beside that, uh, another one. The Star Trek Enterprise light-up feeding system. So on the bib is the, the space station with the lights blinking, and the spoon, the spoon is course, the Enterprise. The Enterprise. <laughs> so those are pretty cool. There's a lot of cool items on uh, ThinkGeek. And if you so go, what did you what did you pull? Like a, a two-year-old at a Secret Santa, and you're worried that she's no, listening? No, you know what? Uh, the the lady the lady I picked a Secret Santa uh, was like nine months and a day pregnant. So I was like, obviously I'm gonna you know I'm gonna get something for her, but. You know, for another and 15, then something cute for yeah, fifteen dollars. Right? Okay. This cute light up bib, uh, and that was this week's the Think Geek item of the week from ThinkGeek.com. Now we we've been discussing a lot about the uh, the Kindle Fire and iPad and all different ways of reading books, and uh, I actually found this uh, this clip. It's from CNET. Uh, now uh, a lot of us as geeks, you know, sometimes check CNET, but I know that a lot of our listeners. Um, you know, probably aren't browsing the CNET site. Probably haven't seen uh, seen or heard this clip. Where'd you pick up on CNET, Paul? It's uh, this guy breaks down the Kindle Fire versus the iPad, their their features, and he he does it pretty well. Uh, let's just play the clip, and we'll, we can probably talk about it right. All right, all right. See what he says. Motorola Zoom. BlackBerry Playbook, the Samsung Galaxy Tab, I could go on. None of them have been able to touch the iPad. But now, with Amazon introducing the Kindle Fire for a much lower price, it looks like Apple's got themselves a game. I'm Brian Cooley with the top five differences between the Kindle Fire and the Apple iPad. Number five, media. Amazon versus iTunes. This one's kind of messy. Now, both these companies offer you a lovely online store with music, video, ebooks, apps, and there are far more apps for iOS and even iPad specifically, but are there that many more that you care about? iTunes is an a la carte video experience where Amazon will give you free video streaming if you have an Amazon Prime account, which offers you other benefits like free shipping on many things you buy from Amazon, which brings us to shopping. Amazon has it. Well, does it? The Fire is the first tablet with a baked-in mall for everything from tools to toys to tap shoes. Number four is storage. Eight gigabytes on the Fire. That's it. Versus 16, 32, or 64 on the iPad. 
Amazon says you won't need more than eight because they'll house so much of your Fire content on their cloud servers. Well, Apple also has a new cloud backend called iCloud. But theirs is set up differently to make you want a bigger device by constantly syncing all your stuff to it. Can you guess which company makes its revenue by selling hardware? Yeah. If you want to keep a lot of video in particular on your tablet, the iPad's your boy. Number three is the wireless data connection difference. See, the Fire is only Wi-Fi. The iPad has that and also the option of 3G. In fact, Wi-Fi is fine. Well, except when you just can't find a hotspot, or get the code, or get to the login page for the hotspot, or jump on someone's unsecured hotspot, or when you fall for the free public Wi-Fi thing. It's all enough to drive you to drink, which can be sort of fun, except when you can't even get on Wi-Fi to Google a damn bar. The 3G option on the iPad can solve a lot of hassles and save your sanity, but it does ratchet the cost way up, and that's exactly what the Fire sets out not to do. Number two, size and weight. The Kindle Fire is 7 inches and 14 ounces. The iPad, a 10-inch device and 21 ounces, well over a pound. This difference alone threatens to make our entire comparison today look like apples and oranges. The Fire will fit in a large pocket, the iPad in your trunk, unless you drive a mini. You really feel that weight difference when you use the iPad as an ebook reader, but you'll probably feel the Fire's smallness when sharing photos or sharing a movie. Believe the rumor that a 10-inch Fire is on the way. Before I get you to the number one difference between the Fire and an iPad, here are five differences between them I wouldn't lose any sleep over. Either because they're of low usage if you do have these gadgetries, or because the two devices are so different in price you can't expect them to have all the same stuff. Okay, the number one difference between the Kindle Fire and an iPad is the price. The Fire's $199 versus $499 to $829 for an iPad 2. For the money you save buying a Fire over even the cheapest iPad, you could also buy yourself an iPhone and still have $100 bucks left over to drink bourbon when you can't find Wi-Fi. Now, price alone is no way to choose between two tech products, but these guys are close enough in the basic mission that you can use that as a yardstick. The bottom line for most people is, does a tablet have web, email, and a screen bigger than my phone? The Fire answers yes to all of those at a price that spells impulse buy instead of buh buy Okay, before you buy either of these guys or any tablet, make sure you check out our reviews and watch our videos on these and all the rest of them in this fast-moving sector. Tablets are the kind of thing it's also nice to get in your hands to try before you buy. Check out our tablet reviews at CNET.com, our tablet videos at CNETTV.com, and more top fives like this at top5.CNET.com. I'm Brian Cooley. Thanks for watching. So there you go. <laughs> it's Amazon's making a uh, an Amazon consumption device. Yes. Uh, Apple is, I mean, I think, you know, what was the guy's name that did the interview, did the review? I'm Brian Cooley. Thanks for watching. Sounds familiar to me, man. I've watched a lot of his reviews. But the, the point being is, you know, Apple's selling hardware. Right. So, and I still say that for 200 bucks, get the Lenovo pad. Get the, get the Lenovo tablet. Right. Same price as the Kindle. Uh, it's expandable and it's, it's a full-blown full, full blown tablet instead of just a, an Amazon, uh, you know, con, uh, consumption device. Now, I hate to keep harping on the, on the same point, but if the Kindle Fire is, if you can take off the Amazon so, uh, software and, and put on something that lets you do whatever you want with your device, that's still, it's a pretty decent uh, little uh, unit. 
the thing doesn't have um, doesn't have a card reader, so there's no way. I oh. guess because okay. I mean that's, that's that's the easy way, right? To to hack something is you can you can have the thing load off of a right, off of an off SD card, card, right? And then you can load in whatever whatever operating system you want. So they make it a little bit more difficult without uh, having. So to... I don't know how easy. I mean, even like okay. uh, something like the um, we were talking about this last week too. The uh, the playbook, um, even though the thing's expandable, you, you can't hack it. Right. Don't get me wrong. The, I mean, the 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 fire. The, a lot of our listeners uh, use Amazon regardless. Yeah. So the fire would be a great uh, little unit for them, and if they wanted to purchase some uh, movies on it, and hopefully it'll have a browser. I'm, I'm assuming it has a browser. You can watch YouTube videos and all that. And uh, if you're using Amazon anyways, folks, you go to paulthebookguy.com, top left, there's an Amazon search bar. <laughs> Again. <laughs> every little bit helps. Every little bit helps. And uh, I think that's it for this week. We wrapped. I think How about we're, that? We're wrapping up. Okay. Well, um, Greg, uh, Greg uh, held up pretty long then because uh, it wasn't too long ago that he had to make his exit. It wasn't. Of, uh, <laughs> From the top of Book Mountain. Off of Book Beach. I think I, if I look down... If I look far enough, I can still I see him on his burro. Still see him. <laughs> He's on his way. His burro down the side his of the burro. Uh, it'd be nice to have the Biblio burro come on uh, via Skype, but uh, he no speak of the English. So. Man, that'd be, yeah, it's too much no. to hope for. And, uh, yeah, I don't speak Spanish, so <laughs> we'll take it from there. Folks, uh, we'll be back again next week. Same, same book, book time, time same, same book channel. channel. I'm Paul the Book Guy. I'm Chris the Book Guy. Have a great week. Here, 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 here. I'm up here.